Welcome to episode 68 of the Sports Corner Podcast. My name is Nick, joined as always by my good friend Steven. Tonight we're going to talk about the games leading up to the next Super Bowl matchup. How did we get here? What are we looking forward to? What's going to happen? Talk about some other sporting news as well. There's some things going on. All of that and more tonight on the Sports Corner Podcast. Steven, how are you? I am swell. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. This is episode 68 of the Sports Corner Podcast. You can find us so many different places. First of all, we are live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pastornick86. We would love for you to come be a part of the live chat, live show. You can interact with us in the moment. We'll read your comments. We'll interact back with you. You can be a part of this show. So navigate yourself over to twitch.tv slash pastornick86. Every Monday night, the pre-show goes live at 8.30. Our show officially begins at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the only correct time zone. So tune in. Enjoy us there. If you can't join us live, though, you can find us on your favorite slash best podcast app. We are on things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, us and Joe Rogan, but no longer uh, some other artists who are pulling themselves off. We're on Spotify, and then we're also on uh, Google Play. So you can find us at Sports Corner uh, or Sports Corner 865, either way you want to search for us on those podcast apps. We are there. We're uploaded on Tuesday mornings at the latest, so find us there. We're also on social media. If you want to tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, what you liked about it, what you disliked about it, why you're subscribing or unsubscribing, etc., etc., the Sports Corner itself has Facebook and Twitter pages at Sports Corner 865. I keep up with the Facebook page. Steven keeps up with the Twitter page. So if you actually want to interact with or get information about the podcast, follow us on Facebook. Uh, but maybe if you want to see what was happening two or three months ago, follow us on Twitter, and that'll be the most recent activity over there. A great tweet tonight. You didn't he did. You had a fire tweet. It's fine. Uh, you can follow us on our personal accounts. I am at Pastor Nick eighty six on Twitter. Stephen is at Stephen McCoy get doxed twenty three. Stephen McCoy twenty three on Twitter. You can follow us on those personal ones, and then of course join the Discord if you want yeah. live, up to date discussion where we're active, talking all the time about sports, about video games, about life in general. Join yeah. the um, join the Discord, and so. Um, the link is there in the Twitch chat if you're watching live. It's also in the show notes. If you're listening on your podcast app, just check out those show notes. Click the link and join in. All right. That's what I've got, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, I'll get one out of the way. I have not reviewed the show yet. so You haven't. If you we'll write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that lets you uh, review us, we will read that review live on the show. Your name will be immortalized in the history of our podcast. Every one of our listeners will know who you are, and they will celebrate you. Um, but you got to do it. you got to do it. Go leave us a five-star review. You know who hasn't yeah. done that? My co-host. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna try something different tonight. Like being good at I'm your start. co-hosting job. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm very good at the actual live portion of the show. Well, it is the I other putting, things. I think putting the description very with, good okay? on anything that we do on this show is generous at best. I am above average at what I do on the show. Fair. Okay. What are you gonna do different? All right. I'm gonna start off with a week review. Week, weekly review. Your bottle is disappeared, and so is your face. Um, where do we want to start? I don't. How far back I mean, do we want to go? I, well, if it's a week in review, I would recommend no more than seven days back. Okay, I'll just hit the highlights. So okay. the big news came yesterday. Obviously, we had the two big um, championship games for each conference. We had the Bengals and the Chiefs. We will dive into that game more later. But uh, um, Joe Burrow comes away victorious. Makes the Super Bowl, becomes the first quarterback selected, the first player selected number one overall to lead his team to the Super Bowl within his first two years, which is an oddly specific stat. Oddly specific. Um, the 49ers and the Rams part three goes Matt Stafford's way. The dream for the 30 for 30 is alive and well. We will see if he can get it done in a couple of weeks. I mean, I'm Moving. you know, despite the fact that there are some great Sooner players on that Bengals team, I'm I'm all all in on Burrow, right? Sure. Okay. I'm a Stafford guy. Give me Stafford. I mean, that's um, what I meant. I'm sorry. I meant Stafford. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the for, for our buddy Milldog, if he's still here. Um, it's here, the Bulldog, right? So Georgia gets it done. Now Stafford, the former Bulldog, gets it done. 
Um, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, going backwards from here, Saturday was the Big 12 SEC college basketball mm-hmm. challenge, so to speak. The SEC comes away victorious in that one with a 6-4 to four final. Some big upsets of note would be um, Alabama takes down um, top-ranked Baylor, or fifth-ranked Baylor, fourth-ranked at the time Baylor. Um, let's see, who else? This is really bad. Texas beats Tennessee. Texas beats Tennessee in that one. Um, let's see. Auburn hammers poor hapless Oklahoma on the road or at home. Um, Iowa State, I believe, took a loss. Um, I can't get this to work. Absolutely. Um, the United States soccer team is currently um, one, 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 and uh, one zero oh and one right now. They lost to Canada yesterday to slip a little further behind in their qualifying. They're currently in uh, in a tie for second place with Mexico with four games to play, having to finish in that top three to get an automatic qualifier into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady retired and then didn't, maybe? He, you know, he never he never said he was retiring. True. That was bad journalism, really. Yeah. I jumped so in you on can that say he's bit. expecting to yeah. retire. but And it's most um, likely, you know. Well, I, you know why he didn't retire, right? He just probably wants he to do gets, it on his terms, right? Well, he gets paid. If he is still gainfully employed as of February 4th, he gets a $15 million check. Oh, well, yeah. Well, he's not doing anything before then. My though. bad is he retires February 5th. Uh-huh. Um, here we go. Texas beats Tennessee 52-51 in an absolute sleep fest. Um, game of big runs. Texas goes on a big run. Tennessee doesn't score for about 10 minutes. Tennessee closes in a flurry. Comes up just a little short at the buzzer. TCU beats number 19 LSU 77 to 68. Moving on. Uh, Michigan State hammered Michigan. That's not has nothing to do with this, um, with this one, but still. Uh, Iowa State beats Missouri 67 to 50. Um, uh, Arkansas beats West Virginia. Nobody really cares about the rest of these. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, fun times. So any other fun scores of note? Anything no, fun happened this week? I, I, you know, this I, week is National Signing Day 2. This okay. um this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It was February 2nd. Um, really, the early signing period has kind of put a damper on mm-hmm. the what it was has. the old National Signing Day. Still a couple of guys left to commit that um, that are going to do so. Apparently, baseball made some progress this week in their, okay. their negotiation talk. So we Wait, they're might negotiating about get, something? Yeah, there's a lockout. So oh, I didn't know that. We might, we might get baseball. We don't really know. <sighs> you know what would have been, really you know been cooler? If they had just done this lockout actually during the baseball season, so we didn't have to have baseball. <laughs> well, that's your opinion. NFL's in full swing, but actually, I do have some baseball news I want to talk about. To be honest with you, yeah, what's that? I think it's absolutely uh, criminal that Barry Bonds and a few others have been left out of the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame simply yeah. because of their association with. And I believe in Barry Bonds' case, he never actually tested positive for, but simply because of yeah. his association with steroids. Now, here's the thing. Old Big Poppy got voted into the Hall of Fame, no problem, who I believe does have a failed uh, substance test on record yeah. for his name, and he gets in no problem. So, you know what? I think one of the reasons that I don't like baseball is that for some reason these baseball writers and these baseball people really put themselves and their sport up on this pedestal that it doesn't deserve. Like they're still the most popular sport in America and they're not. And they're going to go all high and mighty of, they use steroids, they can't be in the Hall of Fame. Dude, they saved your sport, okay? Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, um, uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry, is that his name? Uh, Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire, Mark Jerry McGuire, and and uh, and you know Tom Cruise. They saved your uh, no, and and Mark McGuire. They absolutely saved baseball at a time where baseball was on life support. And this is the repayment that someone like Bonds is going to get, who's leading the league in home runs and probably will for all of eternity. You've got to be kidding me! I think that's ridiculous. It needs to be mentioned that Barry Bonds was intentionally walked. 688 yeah. times. And I don't know how many of those came with the bases loaded. But they literally walked the man with the bases loaded. Yeah. As to not let him hit the ball because the it was worth giving up a guaranteed run 
than face him with the chance of giving up two, three, or four runs. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Uh, of course it is. And how does he get repaid for this amazingness of playing baseball? By being left out of the Hall of Fame. Now, I think he had a classy response on social media that I saw where he said, hey, you know, I didn't play to uh, to make this. Uh, I played to set my family up for generations of yeah. stability and success. And I've done that. And yada, yada, yada. I mean, he said the right things. And there was someone else who was left out. Um, Roger Clemens. Yeah, Clemens was left out as well. It's, it's just. Barry Bonds is the all-time leader in home runs, in walks, and in intentional walks. Mm-hmm. He leads through and he's the all-time leader in home runs and walks. Yeah. Do, do you understand that? Like it's it's a sham. I, I'm not a Stephen A. Smith guy, but I mean he absolutely had it right when he said that I think he's, his quote was something along the lines of there are three churches within walking distance of where the baseball hall of fame is. If he wanted a morality clause, he could go he could, he would go to one of those churches. The point of the baseball hall of fame is to teach history of baseball and you don't right. have a guy who owns a large portion of the history of baseball in it, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, use this as a, a way to explain what happened. But right. let's not act like Barry Bonds. And like you mentioned, don't know if he ever actually tested positive. Let's not act like he was the only one using steroids at this time. Right. Everyone was using steroids at this time. Right now you can argue that that's wrong, but if everybody's doing it, it's not like anybody's getting that big of an advantage. Like well, if again, the pitcher's using it to throw the ball harder and I'm using it to hit the ball further, what does it matter? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree. He played 22 years. He had 2,935 hits, 762 of which went for home runs. He added 77 triples, 601 doubles, scored 2,227 runs, had 1,996 RBIs, Mm-hmm. I mentioned he had 688 intentional walks. The man had 2,558 walks. Mm-hmm. A career 298 batting average with a 444 on base percentage. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's a jam. And here's the thing you, if they want to stand on some kind of like, you know, moral high ground, which again, they they don't, it's not their place to, in my opinion, but whatever. Like, keep him out until this year, which was essentially the last year that he could get voted in for it. And then you come and bring yes. him in. That's not what they did. They just, like, I mean, they just let it pass. He's essentially out. I mean, I think there are ways in the future he, in which he could get he in. He can but... get in through this committee, but it's not – anybody that's gotten in that way, it's kind of like a B team of the Hall of Fame, right? Right. You're not really viewed as being elected to the Hall of Fame. But you hit the nail on the head. These baseball writers want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to pretend like they're this holier-than-thou sport. And the sport's dying, for being honest. Yeah. And we're currently dealing with owners and players who are fighting over ridiculous nonsense in a time where baseball is at a crux in their history. You mentioned there was a crux at this point where they made it fun again. But we are at a a crossroads in the baseball history with the rise of of soccer in, in our country. Baseball is quickly becoming a sport that kids are not as interested in. I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you any starting pitcher on any team. Okay? I yeah. couldn't tell you any leading hitter in MLB right now. And when I was young, I was I mean I've never been a big baseball fan, but when I was young, like I remember watching to see who was going to, you know, take the home run lead back between Sosa and McGuire. Like, yeah. I remember being so invested in that and that being so fun mm-hmm. to participate in like just watching and being a part of that. And like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, but, it's just, but horrible. now you want to make us watch a hundred plus games. Half of which the players don't even play because they understand that it's a grind and that you don't have to play for every game. Like, why are we dealing with this? We have, we have games that are lasting way too long. And on the flip side, with the rise of soccer, you have 45 minutes of action-packed, no-commercial action. There's a 15-minute halftime. And then you get another 45 minutes nonstop action. And then it's Mm -hmm. over. You're done with your day. Two hours, you're done. You're out the door. It's over. You're moving on with your day. Instead of four or five hours, and we're trying to 
make tweaks around the edge. Oh, we'll add a player to second base and 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 over or an extra inning. It's like what what is I don't that? Even know what that means? What is it? What? So when you go into extra innings now, they start a the the every the start of every half inning they put a guy on second base. It, you start with a runner on second base. Seriously? It, it's all just yeah. It's all just they're trying to make these tweaks, but they refuse to let the players have fun in baseball. It's the same reason I brought up last week about how Aaron Rodgers d- d- he does not deserve to win Walter Payton Man of the Year, but these writers that are refusing to put him on their ballot, it's a joke. You should have, if you're not putting Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, if you're not putting Aaron Rodgers on your MVP ballot, you deserve to have your vote removed. <laughs> yeah, you don't deserve a vote. Yeah, I agree. That's enough of the soapbox. Um, anything else from sports? I'll have more next week. I'll, I'll plan this out better. Will you? Yeah. I'm excited. But um, so The United States plays again on Tuesday, I believe, tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, maybe Wednesday. I'll I'll confirm that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that they are in a tie for second place in their World Cup qualifying. World Cup is later this fall in Qatar or Qatar. Uh, I've heard it different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States plays Wednesday. They play Honduras. Um, Canada currently leads the way in qualifying with 22 points after their big win yesterday over the United States. The United States and Mexico are tied on 18 points with Panama on 17. The important thing here is to finish in the top three. The top three automatically qualify. The fourth team enters a playoff for the final spot. Um, there is a big gap between fourth and fifth, so you like your chances of at least finishing the top four, but you really want to finish in those top three. Sure. So a big game coming up for the United States on Wednesday night. Everybody go root for your your Yanks in that one. Yes, sir. Let's go American Outlaws. Get some rooting in. So, all right, well, let's talk right. about what yeah. uh, obviously is probably the more – uh, desired topic right now, and that is that we have our Super Bowl matchup. The yes. uh, two teams that everyone expected to get there, Kansas City, right, mm-hmm. uh, versus... Uh, actually, I think you know. I think we both picked L.A., didn't we? Um, uh, I think we picked L.A. at one point. Yeah, so but they, they were there, not but... the favorite for... They were the favorite, and then they kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. Now they're back. Well, what's interesting is uh, if you listened to our show a week ago, uh, we kind of went off on the um, concept of the NFL playoffs and uh, not the playoffs, but rather the uh, the overtime rules for the NFL. And mm-hmm. you know, Stephen, you you went really hard on them. Neither one of us liked it, but I let you kind of take the why they're dumb and need fixing, and I took the whole just be good, you know, whatever. And, you know, last week it was that the uh, Bills and the, um, the, the Chiefs had an amazing game, a game that we wish we could all see like 10 times in a row, uh, yeah. a game that we think we'll see matched up and will be beautifully done in the next couple of, you know, decades, or at least over the next decade, I should say. Um, but what we basically said was that game was over the second the Chiefs won the coin toss and got to receive the ball. Well, this week, Stephen, we get another yep. overtime game. We get the mm-hmm. Chiefs now going into overtime against um, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And again, um, the Chiefs win that coin toss they elect to receive. And it seems like this game is once again all but over, yeah. except it's not. Yeah, I mean, this was this was what you hoped for as a Bills fan, right? You were able yeah. to get the stop as a, as the Bengals were. But very realistically, the chance was that there was, a, there was a high probability of Kansas City going down the field, scoring a touchdown, game over. And once again, one team is is stuck on the sidelines never having a true shot at winning. No, yeah. didn't. So, um, you know, good on them. They made the plays when that happened. I'm going to read you some of the stats in a second. Um Let's see here. Patrick talk, Mahomes started talk about a 17 of, of 19. Started 17 of 19 for 220 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And he finished 9 of 20 for 55 yards and two picks. Wow. If you That's go right. back to, if you've watched the Chiefs this year, early in the year when they were kind of struggling, it was the same deal where Mahomes wanted everything in every play. Right. And he has that ability, but... It was the Brett Favre gunslinger mentality, right? Of 
You know, you're going to have big plays. You're going to have big turnovers. And early in the year, it when the Chiefs were struggling, they turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. Mahomes struggled. They didn't have their big plays, and they lost. And then Mahomes even admitted that he was trying to do too much. He was not taking what the defense was giving him, and he adjusted to that. And he made you know he made the correction. And then they go on that tear, and he looks like an MVP candidate again. And they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, and all of this. And then they start this game, and he's 17 of 19. He's taking what the defense gives him. He has three touchdowns. He's dumping the ball off. He's checking it down. And then for whatever reason, he just flips a, flips a switch. Yeah. And that pick he throws in overtime, it's third and nine, third and eight, something like that. And I, do, I haven't watched to see if he had guys open. But regardless, he tries to go 60 yards downfield into, devil, into double coverage to Tyree Kill, who had a chance to make a play on the ball. But it gets batted away. It falls into a safety's arms. It re- it's returned to around midfield. And, you know, a few minutes later, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs are going home. That's it. That's and all they wrote. This falls squarely on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, this gotta... is not. I mean, the final score in this game is 27-24 in overtime. Not a crazy high-scoring affair, right? I mean, yeah, defenses could have played a little better. But, I mean... You know, you hold the team 27, 24 points in regulation with that offense like Kansas City's, you think you're in good shape. Not you to mention, you scored, yeah. you scored 21 points. You're up 21 to three. Uh-huh. I mean, you're feeling great. The first, um, to the first three drives for Kansas City, they go 11 plays, 84 yard touchdown, seven plays, 75 yard touchdown, eight plays, 72 yard touchdown. And then to end the half, they go seven plays, 80 yards. They're at the, um, they have second goal from Cincinnati's one, and they with five seconds left, and they try to run another play, and Terry Kill gets tackled in bounds, and they are out of timeouts. They do not even, you know, they have a chance to punch it in the end zone or at least kick a field goal, and they uh, are able to do so, and that really comes back to bite them hard. Um, but even at the end of regulation, they have first and goal from the five with a minute and a half to play. They settle for a field goal. I mean, all this scrap and, and on that drive, Patrick Mahomes on third and goal from the nine gets sacked for 15 yards and fumbles, nearly loses the game right there. And this is squarely on Mahomes' shoulders, and he's got to figure some things out in the offseason. Kind of the first time in his career that we've really questioned Mahomes. They got blown out last year in the Super Bowl, and everybody kind of blamed that on the offensive line and the fact that he got sacked, you know, 100 million times. Um, but, I mean, good on the Bengals. They find a way to win. They keep winning these games. Joe Burrow was electrifying in this one. He finishes. Yeah, talk about um, quarterbacks that have been sacked 100 million times. Yeah, Joe Burrow right? sacked over 50 times yeah. uh, during the season. He was, and he was only sacked once in this game. Yeah, now, He was well, uh, again, should have been sacked way go, more. Go listen to last week's episode. For my yeah. expert analysis, I said that that line's going to step up. Now, I said they're not going to be perfect because they're a terrible line. I said, but don't expect there to be as many sacks as there were the week before, which I think nine uh, yeah. in that game before. Yeah. So, um, you but know. Bengals are surviving. Burrow, 23 of 38, 250, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, Joe Mixon adds 88 yards on the ground. T. Higgins, Oak Ridge yeah. boy from, yeah. from locally in the Knoxville area. Sure. Six catches for 103 yards. He gets a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Just a really cool thing to have that kind of hometown pride. Did you know that um, that there have only been two other quarterbacks who have won a college football national title and a Super Bowl win? Joe Burrow is fighting to be the third. Okay. Do you know who the other two are? To win a college football mm-hmm. championship. You said quarterbacks, right? Yep, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, okay. Uh, let me think on this. You just keep talking about something right. else for me. Uh, while he thinks about that, uh, needless to say, it's going to be an exciting time for Bengals fans. Uh, here's the thing to remember. What, two years ago, uh, and even last year, the Bengals were absolute garbage. The quickness of this turnaround is extremely impressive, but it also has to be ripping the heart out of teams like the Browns and teams like the Giants and a few others who are desperately trying to get some kind of rebuild going. And, and you know, 
<laughs> fan bases, to their credit, you know, they hear over and over, give your team time to turn these around. This doesn't happen overnight. And then you see Cincinnati practically overnight in the terms yeah. of football speaking, go from bottom uh, dweller of the league to uh, winning their the division and playing for a Super Bowl, whatever happens. I mean, this is an incredible turnaround already. And we've talked about how there is a crop of young quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and Joe Burrow is cementing his name yeah. uh, among those. And well, everybody, everybody's been saying, you know, the Mahomes, the Mahomes, Josh Allen is the next Brady Manning, and yeah, I think Joe Burrow is ready to have a say Joe in that. Burrow I think said, Justin "Hold Kirk. my cigar." I think Justin Herbert's ready to have a Herbert, say in that in the next couple yeah. of years. A lot of Lamar Stafford. Jackson. Lamar Jackson's not, you know, he's yeah. kind of had some, a rough couple of years, but but MVP MVP caliber what, quarterback, uh, you know. What uh, what what era are we talking about for these quarterbacks that won? Oh, we're gonna have old to go school or the way yeah, back. Old, not. I mean, one yeah. of them. I mean, I you know, yeah, I have to talk. put things in. I guess perspective because to me one of them doesn't feel old school, but I guess they technically are, and one's even older school um, yeah. because I'm an old person. Here, let me help you out with it. Yeah, both of them also named Joe. Okay, I was thinking um, the uh, Joe Montana. Yes, and then Namath. Joe Namath. Okay. Yep. Only two quarterbacks who have ever claimed both a national college football uh, championship and a Super Bowl, Joe Namath and Joe Montana. Neither one won the Heisman, though. So if Burrow is going to be the first to do all three, he, uh, of course, is going to have to take his team and stay upright and fight off Matthew Stafford, who's trying to make that 30-for-30 story have a magical uh, moment in it. Yeah, not to mention the Rams will be playing in their home stadium. Home stadium, which, by the way, last year, if you remember, the Super Bowl was out there in Tampa. Um, I I believe only one other time in the Super Bowl history has the Super Bowl been held in the city where the home team is from. Now it's happened two years back to back. That's crazy. Could be wrong about that step. I think I read that on the old Twitter (laughs) earlier today. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that a team has a chance to win the conference championship and the Super Bowl in their home stadium. I don't think Tampa was the one seed last year. Yeah, interesting. No. good point, good point. Yeah, uh, so that other go ahead and put uh, your money on the Cardinals to make the Super Bowl next year as the Super Bowl is being hosted. Tyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. That's right. They're going to get it done next year. Put that money on it. Uh, hey, so the, before before we move on to the next game, we yeah. got to talk about we got to talk about one of the local uh, media stations um, from Kansas City, who yes. after the loss, yes, um, How decided to. <laughs> decided to, you know, put out a, and here's the thing. They put out a congratulatory, you know, good season Chiefs. Yeah. Keep your heads up. And I, I am 100% yeah, fully supportive of that. Do that. That's a good idea. Here's the problem. Instead of just saying it that way, they put out a quote that says, against all odds, we were never supposed to be here. We were never meant to make it this far, but against all odds, we did. What a season. Thank you for an incredible ride. We will always be hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Hey, the Chiefs were the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Preseason, yes. they were the odds-on favorite to win it all. You can't say yeah. no one expected us to be here when literally Las Vegas said, hey, you know who's most likely to be there? These guys. So yeah. kudos, kudos to you, KMBC, out of uh, Kansas City. Kansas City was plus 450 Super Bowl odds before the year. Tampa plus 700. The Cincinnati Bengals plus 15,000. Yeah. So... You know who was favored in that game yesterday, by the way, as well? What's that? Also the Kansas City Chiefs, also favored in that matchup against the Bengals. Not only were you favored preseason, you were favored in that matchup. No one expected to be here. Preseason over under for the Bengals was six and a half. Mm -hmm. Wins. They won ten games. And they're playing for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, they got hot at the right time. That's what you got to do, you know. It'll and, be and that's, fun. That's that's the one thing that the NFL just drastically has over the college game, and that's you can get hot at the right time, put things together, and one or yeah. two losses throughout the way uh, isn't enough to yeah. just sideline your team. And this to me is why 
why I am an advocate for expanding the playoff. Everybody's like, well, it's just going to lead to more blowouts. Give a team a chance. Yeah. No one. I mean, the Bengals had to have been underdogs in all of these games, right? You got go back so. to their their first game against the Raiders, and going into the game, the Raiders are. I'm sorry, Cincinnati was favored by six in that game. Going into the Titans game, the Titans are favored by four, and then the Chiefs are favored by seven. Seven yeah. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So give a team a chance. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side. 49ers Rams part three. Garoppolo has had their number. I think this is the first time Sean McVay has beat Kyle Shanahan. Wow. That's kind of crazy for you. It is. Uh, They they had lost their last six matchups against San Francisco. And this one being the biggest of them all, obviously, with a chance to get to the Super Bowl. And Stafford gets it done. Uh, More importantly, Cooper Cup gets it done. Cooper Cup. Stafford goes 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. They add 70 yards on the ground at a whopping 2.4 yards per carry. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 142 yards, two touchdowns. Odell Beckham adds nine catches, 113 yards as well. Um, just just an incredible showing from these guys. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup now on the season. Let me look this stat up. He leads the he is all-time leader in catches in a season. Um, and it's not even close. And everybody's like, oh, well, he played an extra game. But they they did this over um, from the start of the season to the Super Bowl, and he still has a. So here's your numbers uh, in in third place all time, 1995 Jerry Rice. This is most receiving yards in a single regular plus postseason. Okay. Jerry Rice in '95, 1,965 uh, yards. 2008 Larry Fitzgerald, 1,977 yards. 2021 Cooper Cup. 2,333 yards, and he has another game to play. Just unbelievable. If he can come up with 167 yards in the uh, Super Bowl, he will have caught 2,500 yards this year. Absolutely insane. So good for him. Also, with this, this, I guess it was an upset. Were the Rams favored? I guess the Rams were favored, probably. With this win... Knocking the 49ers out of the playoffs. This will be the first Super Bowl in the last 19 years that will not feature either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or the 49ers. Interesting. Hmm. The last 18 Super Bowls have been represented by one of those four. That's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or the 49ers. Wow. Impressive. Incredible stat there. So... Good for uh, good for Stafford. Um, Garoppolo had a had a nice game, I guess. Sixteen of thirty, two hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, one pick. It came on the de facto last play of the game. There were some kneel downs afterwards, but right. Um, Garoppolo is making. Let's see, let me find that text from our, our good friend Doogie. Garoppolo is making a hundred and thirty-seven million dollars through twenty twenty-three. That's not a shabby amount of money. And uh, I was looking last night and talking with a friend of mine. We were comparing Tannehill, who we, we all bashed a couple weeks ago, saying how bad he was. Um, you know, And I was one of the people who was like, well, just go you know, at least get Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll be an upgrade. On the season, Jimmy Garoppolo, 301 of 441, 68.3% completion percentage, 3,810 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Ryan Tannehill, 357 of 531. 67.2% completion percentage, 3,734 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 14 picks. Uh, Tannehill adds seven, ru- t- seven rushing touchdowns, and Jimmy G has three. So, <clears throat> wow. Arguably the same player. Yeah. Um, very similar team makeups as well. Um, Taking some cap so, space. You know, we're, we're, we're in that point where we start, you know, what do you have to do to get to the Super Bowl? How do you get over the hump? Um, you know, San Francisco does have a young quarterback in Trey Lance that I assume they're going to go with sooner than later. Don't know what the Titans' plan is. We'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, big win for Stafford. He gets over the hump and will uh, have a chance to win his Super Bowl in Absolutely. two weeks' time in his own in a home stadium. Home stadium. 
Really cool story. I don't know if you saw it. His wife came like running on the field and like jumped in his arms to give him a huge mm-hmm. hug. She actually had like some kind of neurological brain thing a couple years back and had to like yeah. learn to walk all over again. So just real we'd love to see that. Uh, of interesting note, if you are looking for um, you know some inside information or a sure way to bet and win some money on the Super Bowl, I'm going to invite you to follow at Tim the Tatman on yes. Twitter and do the absolute opposite of what he does. So some of you guys are just sports fans and you're not really into gaming, and that's fine. We don't dwell into gaming too much on the podcast. But if you follow us on Twitch, you know that we play uh, Call of Duty a lot, play some other games on stream as well. Uh, And Tim the Tatman is a very popular um, video game streamer. And maybe you are at the age of life where you're of similar age to me, and the concept of someone making a life out of playing you know, games online is ludicrous to you, but um, he brings in like over a hundred thousand dollars a month um, just by posting videos on YouTube. Uh, so the dude's making bank. He, he has made a life out of this and uh, is basically just an entertainer, uh, but he's in the sports scene a little bit as well. And um, here was his picks that he made on January 22nd. Uh, he said, here's what's going to happen tomorrow. Tampa Bay versus Rams. Take Tampa Buffalo versus chiefs. Take Buffalo. Well, we know how that went how that turned out. So then he said uh, this past week, my football picks last week were a fluke. This week I'm here to show you that I'm not a jinx for my sports picks. Bengals versus Chiefs, take the Chiefs. 49ers versus Rams, take the 49ers. Dude, it is 0-4 for those picks. And if you go back throughout the season, uh, he gets better, he's, though. He's, just, he's just wrong. Oh, yeah, if you looked at his tweets, he's like, um, you know, oh, Tim, you're a jinx. Chinks, uh, Chiefs uh, first yeah. drive up 7-0. Um, you know, and yeah. he did the same thing for the uh, yeah, he says, Tim, you're a jinx 49ers up 17 to 7 going into the fourth yawn emoji, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Oops. not a good take there, Tim. We gotta, we gotta let you, we gotta let you know about that, buddy. So, he did say uh, yesterday that he'll reveal his Super Bowl pick soon, and I just assume that I'll take whatever money I can and go put it on the opposite team of what yeah. he picks, you know, yeah, got to. It's uh, it's it's certainly something. He could be like, um, I'm going to take the dream team in their prime versus Nick's daughter's upward basketball kindergarten team. And I would have to somehow be like, I got to take the kindergarten team. I don't know how they're going to get it done. Poor little Sully doesn't know how to dribble yet, but we're going to we're gonna pick them over MJ. Some more interesting notes for the NFL season. A lot of coaching hires going on right now. Um, Josh McDaniels gets hired for Jen's Raiders. Here's the problem um, he with follows- that, by the way. Yeah, well, he's they hired right now. We'll see. They haven't hired a GM yet. They're going to let him yeah. come in and hire a GM. No, no, no. Uh, they hired the uh, a guy from the Patriots. They came oh, in did together. they? Okay. Yeah. Um, the Bill or the Giants hired the Bills offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, former quarterback for Tennessee, interviewing for some jobs. T. Martin. T. Martin. Yeah, he's interviewing for the Bills offensive coordinator position. Um, I don't think there's been any other uh, – oh, I'm sorry. The Broncos hired the Packers offensive coordinator and quarterback coach to be the new offensive coordinator, and I assume in hopes of bringing Aaron Rodgers to Denver there. Um, There's some talk that they could potentially maybe find a way to get Devontae Adams there as well, Um, and Rodgers' uh, now fiance, I believe, Shailene Woodley, is she's an actress. She lives in Denver. So okay. a lot of dominoes falling into place there yeah, for a potential yeah. Rodgers to the Broncos move, which would make that division, the starting quarterbacks that division would be Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. Pretty so, pretty good. Yeah, it's a stacked um, division. Um, but one other main note, um, old Jim Harbaugh is uh-huh. expected to interview with the Vikings tomorrow for their head coach vacancy. Hmm. So we will wait and see how that goes. Um, Dave Ziegler is the um, new general manager of the uh, the Raiders. He comes over after being – let's see what it says. I don't have a note here on Ziegler. Um, anyway. Oh, well, you, if you're looking for a note there. On. It's interesting to me how much NFL coaching is just this – Literal yeah. carousel of the same guys over and over. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you were a terrible coach here. Come be our coach here. We think you'll do better yeah. here. And instead of giving anyone basically, you know, a shot, it's like, oh, yeah. 
this guy failed Correct. six years ago, but went back to the NF, uh, went back to the college team for a couple of years. Sure, you've done I your heard, dues. Come back. I heard um, that there was talks of uh, the guy that got fired from the Lions was in the running to be the new okay. Bears head coach after they hired a super young GM. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's just the yeah, dumbest thing. That's what you want. So. Uh, Dave Ziegler was the director of player personnel for the Patriots. So. Okay. Um, Josh McDaniels, we'll see if he actually coaches a game. It's not the first time he's been hired. Um, previously, he was hired, I believe, by the Colts, and then uh, he decided that yeah, that wasn't for him. He went back to be the OC for the Patriots. He Didn't he coach for Denver for a couple years, though? Or I somewhere? think he might have. I don't remember. It's all a blur. He's been a head coach and didn't oh. do well, and then he went back to the – Patriots, uh, I the, thought. The Bears hired the former Colts defensive coordinator in Matt Eberflus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a name. <clears throat> Nathaniel <throat> Hackett is the name that the Broncos hired. And whenever I hear that, I, I just have to assume that they are going all in for Aaron Rodgers. Like, There's uh-huh. no way you hire this guy without that. It right. just doesn't make any sense. So Brian Dabble was the OC that for the Bills that is now the head coach of the Giants. Um. Yeah, interesting thing. Sean Payton has resigned since we last talked. Yes, with the Saints. So another the opening there. Interesting thing, you know, he you say resign because you know it's technically being kind of reported as a He's stepping away re- retirement by some, but he even said like. I don't know that I'm done coaching. I'm just done coaching for now. So the I think he's odds, just setting himself up to be the uh, the next Cowboys head coach next year. That's the uh, that's all the odds are pointing. All the the handicappers are pointing that way. Yeah, that, um, he will he's got a good relationship with Jones and whatnot. So I expect that to happen. Yep. So we'll see how that plays out. But fun times in the old uh, NFL world. Some See, college I football. I, I don't want your I don't want by the way people might be asking you guys talked about leading up to the Super Bowl matchup why aren't you giving us your Super Bowl pick? We're going to do that next week. We're not yes. doing that tonight. We'll do that next week. Give yes. us a week to really dive into this. Look at these two teams before we give our pick. So we'll we'll do that next week. CD Lamb was named as a replacement to the Pro Bowl, which is next week. Yes. We'll watch the Pro Bowl next <laughs> Sunday and watch a bunch of guys play uh NBA play All-Star game defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, do that. Uh, a note came out today. There was an announcement uh, where the uh, let's see, Nicole Auerbach, Auerbach of the Athletic, um, apparently got this quote from Steve Shaw, who is the okay. national director of officials, and he told the Athletic that faking injuries is going to be a big topic at the next meeting of the NCAA Football Rules Committee on March first. Obviously, we want to take feigning injuries out of the game. Shaw said in the report from The Athletic, it's a bad look for the game. It's an integrity issue. If you have a feigned injury, it garners an unmerited timeout for your team. We're really looking at what's the next step to move away from that. So a lot of Vol fans will be happy to hear that. Um, A lot of college football fans will be happy to hear that. We'll see where they ultimately decide. Um, We are available for consultation Mm -hmm. if... Um, if Mr. Shaw wants to give us a call. I really feel like we um, had some good ideas on that. I really do. We have posted our Discord here. I'm sure you're listening to this, so just yes. join the Discord, and we'll be happy to discuss at length whatever Listen, you we'll, want to talk about. We'll give about. you access to the private Sports Corner channel that only Stevie and I can be in. You know, just right. really, really I think that. personally, if there's a fake injury, um, that player should be uh, kicked off the team, scholarship yes. should be removed, and yes. um, in prison. Automatic, automatic forfeit for the yeah. other team. 30 days I in prison. I don't think there's any yeah Guantanamo Bay. I don't think there's any any other other response to that really, right? No, that that's the logical one. So hopefully they come up with a way that makes sense that doesn't um, like they said they don't want to take away they don't want to they don't want to look like they are taking away from the recent approaches that that's moving toward being more injury focused, right? Where we've tried to make the game safer to make it. Um, Make like guys play longer as far as taking some injuries out of the game. We don't mm-hmm. want to. They said they don't want to do this in a way that could potentially, you know, cause people to play injured or whatnot. But right. um, there was very clearly some very obvious fake injuries, feigning injuries, as he called it. And um, I believe Josh Heupel mentioned a couple of times that the refs actually came up to him and made a comment on it. They know what's going on. They just had no way to really police it. So hopefully we come up with a good solution to let these guys um, use judgment calls 
because mm-hmm. officials are great at judgment calls as we've seen. So let's introduce more judgment calls. Nothing could go wrong. Yes. I see. I see this just ending perfectly well. And there'll be no fractures here. No, no confusion from the officiating to the game. Nothing like that. No. It's all, all going to work out perfectly. No, not at all. Um, I would also like for them to talk about in this March 1st meeting. Um, I don't know, maybe having somebody, the, the head official, somebody answer questions after a game, or at least a conference call style uh-huh. weekly where, you know, coaches, people can call in and ask questions on last week's games. And um, I just, I, I've always found it weird that we make these 18 to 22 year old kids available to the media after the game and they have to answer questions on why they fumbled the ball that cost their team a chance to go to the SEC championship game or whatever. But officials can, you know, directly impact the outcome of the Tennessee Purdue game and nobody has to bat an eye, nobody has to say a word. Yeah, no it's just that one. uh we just move on. I just don't understand why these grown adults that are paid handsomely, I think we talked about the wages that they make. Um Somebody should be answering questions after a game, in my opinion. Yeah. No reason that they shouldn't have to, even if it's not right after the game, even if they have to get to do it the next day, get them out of town, whatever, get them where they're not, you know, going to have people with baseball bats sitting outside the room and they're done with their presser or something like that. Well, that's what Um, makes sense to me with that conference call idea is that gives them a chance to watch the film back, right? Right, exactly. You You get to review yourself. You're out of the moment a little bit. You get to get your talking points from... The league office. Yeah, exactly. here's, how you, here's how you get around this. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be something. There's got to be check up, a check and balance somewhere. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Any other sports news, Stevie? Well, that's all I got. We'll uh, we'll wish Tom Brady happy retirement come February 5th after he gets his next check. Yes. So, like somebody said, he's made a lot of money over the course of his career, but fifty million dollars is <laughs> not something you not something you turn down if it's offered to you. So. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our favorite segment on the show. Only because I accidentally pushed the button and the music started playing. It's time for our Mount Rushmore. You know it. You love it. It's that time that we list off four things that we like. Sure. I love it. Yeah. Your four favorite wordles so far this year. Rung. I got it in two. No, I think think you had a... uh... I think you had a topic for us, right? Yeah, well, I was eating some Sour Patch Kids um, off you know, during our pre-show. So if you're here during mm-hmm. the pre-show, 8.30 uh, to 9 every Monday night, twitch.tv slash passionmake86, uh, you got to see me enjoy those. And it made me just think, Stevie, you're an enjoyer of fine gummy candy as well. Mm-hmm. Gummy candy is in the top ranking on my candy uh, preferences. So I just thought, what are the best gummy candies? Um yeah, that's what I want to know. Um, I'm going to lead off. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, I do. And while we're giving this list, I, I want to get. We have someone in the chat named Dark Sage. Dark Sage, welcome to the chat. I believe you're a first yeah. time chatter here. He says he has a question regarding baseball. We would love that. I don't know if you've been here for the whole episode, but we talked a little bit about the uh, Hall of Fame snubs. Nick wants to talk about. <laughs> we talked about the Hall of Fame snubs earlier. We also talked about there being a little bit of progress in the negotiations, but we'd love to take your baseball question. Yeah. So you type it out. We'll address it for sure. All right. Are really you going it. first or am I going first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. <clears throat> okay. I think you went first last time. Probably so. Uh, number four for me, or is this gummy candies, correct? Or just gummy, gummies and chips? Yeah, gummy. Well, I mean, I don't. what are the difference? I mean, I feel like fruit snacks, you at least pretend that they're a snack and not just a candy, but. They're, yeah. If you want to put fruit snacks on there, I'm not going to tell you no. That's all I'm saying. I like fruit snacks. It'll be an honorable mention. Uh, number four for me, Swedish fish. I like Swedish okay. fish. I know a lot of people don't. Okay. Um, they they're making some different flavors now that right, which better. is good. Yeah. So um, I have a deep cut, but I think it's kind of random, so I won't include it. Number three for me would be just the regular Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Good. I like them. Not my favorite, but they're fine. Number okay. two would be Sour Gummy Worms. Okay. Love some Sour Gummy Worms. Sure. Um, and the number one is the Sour Patch Watermelons. Sour Patch Watermelons, pretty top notch. Hard to beat. My favorites. I'll let you go, then we'll, we'll throw on a little bit. Throw some honor mentions. Okay. Well, I'm going to put the two 
<clears throat> really, th- I'll put the two classics out there. As good as a normal gummy bear is, and I will eat my weight in gummy bears, which is yes. a lot if you're watching this. Sugar-free specifically. Like, yeah, sure. You'll <laughs> die. Um, I'm going to put just the gummy worms because it's the same flavor as a bear, but you get more. Um, so normal gummy bears and, or normal gummy worms and sour gummy worms, right? They're automatically on my list because they're the two classics. They just lead the way. You absolutely can't go wrong with either yeah. one of those. Also and I making, will say uh-huh. you have eaten the real worms as well. So I, I have eaten real you worms. Are, I think you are the most qualified to talk about how much better gummy and sour gummy worms are compared to the real thing. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, for me, uh, the Lifesaver gummies, really, really good. Yeah. Okay. I love me a Lifesaver gummy. Pretty good. Um, I, I do not put Sour Patch Kids on my list. They're, they're fine, but they're, fine. they're a lower tier uh, in my opinion. But if you've ever had the Airheads Extremes, yeah, I think they're kind of new. I don't know. We got a bunch of them in my daughter's um, <laughs> Halloween candy this yeah. year, and I just like took them all, and they're good. They're, they're small. a monster. I think they make bigger ones, but like these are just like small little like bite sized. Yeah, no, no, they're bigger. called. Uh, well, yeah. what I see here is called Airheads Extreme Bites, which makes me think there's probably is an extremes. Probably is just yeah. But it's probably more of like a Airhead. Yeah, which I like airheads, Wait. but I don't necessarily consider that a gummy candy. So it's, no, it's some are different. The yeah. bites wouldn't make it. Swedish fish, I'll eat them, but they're they're not going to make my list. They're not even going to make an honorable mention list for me because they're just they're just meh. What about trolley peachios? I like peachios, yeah. Or I like I'm the Harboro version a, better. I'm a I think peach fan really, um, but they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, other options? Have you had the pineapple gummies? Like they're actual gummy pineapples. They they're like, like real pineapple. pineapples, but they've just kind of been like gummied and turned into uh, no. They're, they're a they're gummy like, that looks big. like a pineapple. Okay, they're I don't like think fake. I have. I do like they pineapple are though. Really good. Uh huh. Um, the are they the sharks? Maybe the the Harbo sharks. Uh huh. Okay. Blue and white. I kind of like yeah. Swedish fish. They're good. Like those. I feel um, like the white part on the bottom though is a little too like I don't like the texture and it's a little too sweet. Yeah. I'm with you. That's why it's not honorable mention. Yeah. I'm Have you sure. had? Would you consider like a nerd's rope? I would. I'd put it on there, and I like the nerd's okay. rope. Yeah. yeah I'm for just, that. Well, you're a you're a Twizzler guy, right? Just basically with the rules. Uh, yeah. Um, Mike Skittles kind of gummies. Skittles is making gummies. Nah. Oh yeah, you're talking like Skittle gummies. Yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting into that. Yeah. Hey, That's the baseball question is in chat. Go read it because yeah. it's going to be things that I don't know about or care about because it's as baseball. A, as a baseball fan, I've noticed so many times in the National League when teams play the Cardinals in the playoffs, often do not win the World Championship. We've seen so many potential dynasties in the National League be disrupted by them, and they play anyone very tough. I'm wondering if you both feel the Dodgers last year, if their loss to the Braves was perhaps caused by what happened in the game against St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Um, I think the Braves just kind of had that that kind of magical year. Um, I know as a fan, they're one team you're in and you're out. You never want to play because they're tough and they push anyone to the very limit. Mm-hmm. The years I've seen somebody die surrounded under the bus all of St. Louis and they're never the same again. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, I, I think that I think you also have to, you know, bring up the fact that the Dodgers have notoriously fallen short. They did win it a couple years ago, but historically they do come up short from the big game no matter who they play. Um, so I'd have to do some more research on that. Um, you know, I'm a Cubs fan here, so not a fan of the Cardinals. They are a good team. They have struggled at times, and you know, you're all right that they kind of find a way to put it together at the right times and, and make it interesting. But uh, I think last year had more to do with the Braves having the kind of that magic in their in their season. And less to do with maybe um, the Dodgers playing that Cardinals team. Uh, that game was not very close, was it? The Cardinals series. I don't recall, but game? again, I really don't watch a whole lot of baseball. Not my sport. I'll um, pull it up here. Do you feel that the Dodgers have lost confidence in their team because they had to scrap scrape out a win uh, against a team they should have beat easy? I, I don't know. I think they're professional enough teams that they realize that these are series that. No yeah. game is a gimme, and I don't know that that would have. To when me, you get to the playoffs in it's sports. All... In sports in general, I'm more worried about a team that wins too easily 
going into the next series either overconfident in themselves or that team that wins maybe they when they weren't supposed to and then they feel like like they've already kind of won there. Like, oh, oh we wow. weren't supposed to win that. We've we've reached the penultimate, and then they go into that next series, or maybe it's like the World Series or whatever, and they underperform. How many times have we seen that in college football? Yeah, and NFL? Saying, how often? How often do we see these these Cinderella stories go on runs? Right. right. I mean, yeah, it's not often. It's a one and done situation, and maybe it's one and done, but they don't usually win and they get blown out. Like it's very I, I would rare. Just, I would say overall, emotions usually carry high. Yeah. Not carry low, I think. Yeah, to to me overall, a team that squeaks out a win against an, a team that they know to be inferior only motivates me moving forward, right? If if I am, yeah. and again, I'm going to compare this to sports that I watch more often than not, but if I am, you know, OU and I struggle against Kansas one week, then I'm going to go in the next week and say, okay, guys, look, we're not playing at a high caliber like we know we can. We almost just mm-hmm. lost to a team that we shouldn't have lost to. Next week we're gonna go in and we're gonna stomp poor TCU skulls in because we're yeah. gonna have to we're gonna have a great week of practice to figure out what we did wrong, as opposed to when you're you know team A that goes in we're not really supposed to win this we just did holy cow we took down the number three ranked team in the country that was our you know and I think that's honestly that's a big thing that happened to Oklahoma State going into the Big yeah. 12 championship game. They beat OU the week before, and if you watch their team celebrate, if you watch their fan base celebrate, if you watch just the hype of the university, it was like they had just won a national championship by knocking off their in-state rival uh, and knocking their in-state rival out of a championship appearance, uh, conference championship appearance, and potentially a playoff appearance. Like They were just so hyped from that that they went in against Baylor next week, and they just had a letdown, and they got close. I mean, we saw how close yeah. they came to winning that game but they did not play nearly as well against Baylor as they had against Oklahoma. So to me, it's, I think you, you come out better the next series when you barely beat a team you should have stomped as opposed to when you decimated a team that you weren't supposed to. Yeah. I think, I think it's also different in college to pro ball. Of course. Um, All of these guys, they're playing other professionals. The number of people yeah. playing at this level is so few that even if my team is on paper significantly better than your team, our teams are still a lot more equal than a good team against at, a bad team in the in the collegiate level. You look at the numbers on, you know, NBA. We'll take for example when a team sweeps and they get the, that extra rest. A lot of times it end up in, it ends up hurting them because they kind of get out of that game idea or you know baseball. Yeah. Baseball is a, a very it's an everyday thing, and you get used to that kind of mentality. And you're showing up every day to the ballpark, going through your routine, and then you get three, four days where you're not playing games, and it, it you know you're you're a second, you're half second slow that that first bat, you know, and it, it just kind of spirals on you. Whereas you know you win these emotional games, I think that I think that emotion a lot of times in the pros will carry you further than maybe um, you know, maybe the other way around. Sure. I also think, um, Dark Sage, that you know, if the Dodgers had gotten swept by the Braves, then I think your your thought there might might hold up a little better. Um, but what went six? Is that right? Braves went in six, so you know maybe they have a little bit of a hangover. But you know, the Dodgers come out, they lose the first two games each by one run. Then they um, they win game three by one run. They lose game four big. They win game five really big, and then they drop game six. So, you know, all those were very tightly contested. It's not like they came out and they laid an egg. So um, it's certainly possible. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, and I think as a fan of the team, you're going to be much more familiar with some of the psyche of the player base, knowing yeah. the guys. You know, like, I, you know, if I watch and I know, okay, hey, Baker Mayfield – this is how he tends to react to like this pixel. scenario. Right. Um, or, you know, whatever that team. Okay. I know Tom Brady, this is how he reacts to this kind of scenario. So if they're yeah. your team, you know how they, you know, how do they do that during the regular season? Did that ever impact them there? Um, what's their manager right. like? How does he motivate his team after a, you know, those kind of situations and all that's going to play in. No two teams are going to be the same. And, um, you know, that that's kind of my thought. 
Yeah. All right. Baseball's a, baseball's a really weird sport anyway. So. Yeah, it, well, it, it's just, you said it earlier when we were talking about it. It's such a long season, so many a, games. A marathon. So many, I mean, it, it really is. And um, the the rest play cycle with your pitchers and other players is so uh, unique, yeah. calling people up out of the minors, putting them back there, all that stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a really in-depth uh, sport, and there's a lot to it, a lot to manage with it. So, it, it, I do think the psyche of those matchups plays different than any other sport. So uh, we can keep this conversation going dark and anyone else that's hanging out in chat uh, as we transition out of the podcast and just into our post-podcast stream. So Stevie, before we end the podcast, anything else you need to say, think, or do? No, just uh, excited for a different Super Bowl. I'll be honest. Yeah. We'll talk more about it next week, but uh, just kind of a breath of fresh air with the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl. It's, in, it's exciting. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 68 of the Sports Corner Podcast. Tonight, we talked about baseball uh, against all odds. We talked about getting ready for the Super Bowl. We talked about a whole lot more. Thank you for being a part of the show. Check us out at twitch.tv slash pastornick86 or on your favorite podcast app, Sports Corner. Uh, you can also find us on our social medias at Sports Corner 865, at pastornick86, or at McCoy 23 for Stephen, my name is Nick. This has been another episode of the Sports Corner Podcast. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer.